Are you ready for podcast audio lesson number 31? Okay, let's do it. All music today is, of course, by my good friend and musician extraordinaire... Martin Chenal. Welcome, everyone. Today is the 28th of January, 2006. I am sitting on the hilltop uh, overlooking Matsumoto right now. I just rode my bicycle uh, through the woods. Uh, took me took me about an hour and a half to get through the woods. I lost the trail, and I had to carry my bicycle up uh, through the woods and up the hills. So it took me a bit of time. Uh, I'm now just below um, a small mountain we call Daishoyama. I'm just sitting on a hill, and it, I'm looking across the city. Uh, the city seems to stretch on forever here, and uh, it's a big valley. Between um, between a couple ranges of mountains, the bigger mountains, the Japanese Alps are in the distance. I'm uh, going to turn around and have a look here. We have a little bit of wind, and it's you might hear that blowing around. Just a beautiful day. Uh, I'm looking at uh, Jonen Dake, which is Mount Jonen. Uh, it's got a nice pointy top to it, and. Uh, it's snow covered right now and I'm just looking up uh, probably 50 uh, I don't know 50 or 60 kilometers along the ridge of the uh, the Japan Alps or the Japanese Alps and it's a beautiful sight Norikura a little bit more to the south also covered with snow uh, our town Matsumoto is beneath me and there's not much snow there but just up here in the hills where I am there's a little bit of snow on the ground uh, here's a couple birds coming to fly by here. Uh, just a great panorama. I've taken uh, a couple photos here, and I think I'll put them on the website. Uh, I can almost see my house. I'm looking down. I can see the running track, which is very close to uh, my house. And off in the distance, uh, I can see the Southern Alps also. We have the Northern Alps and the Central Alps and the Southern Alps. And it's a beautiful scene. There's a couple ridges here with plenty of trees. Uh, well, today's... Uh, let's uh, move on from the scenery to today's lesson. Well, I'm uh, back home now and uh, putting together the podcast. I'm very sorry about the wind noise that you heard there in the uh, introduction. Um, it was a little windy up there, and uh, my microphone is uh, pretty sensitive. Sorry about that. Uh, in today's lesson, we have a language segment. Uh, then we have an idiom. I think you'll find it interesting. And our special segment, we have an interview with my friend Elmar. He's going to talk about his home country and also a little about what he's doing in Japan. I hope you find it interesting. So please sit back, or uh, if you're walking or driving, 
just relax, listen and learn, and uh, let's all together improve our language skills. Let's talk about our feelings. We want to use adjectives, words that describe something. Today, we'll talk about words that describe our feelings or emotions, our reaction to something that has happened. We'll use words like these. Happy, excited, disappointed, glad, surprised, amazed, interesting, sorry. With these words, we call them adjectives, we'll use the word to after them. And then a verb or action word. Here are some examples. And I think I said interesting. We, we can use interesting and interested also. So once again, our words are happy, excited, disappointed, glad, surprised, amazed, interested. And sorry is also possible. Uh, there are many words like this. Let's uh, look at some examples. She was surprised to get a letter from the president. Surprised to get. Surprised to get a letter. Was he excited to get the job offer? Excited to get. Excited to get the job. They'll be interested to know the details of the new music program. Interested to know. Interested to know the details. He wasn't very happy to see me yesterday. Happy to see. Happy to see me. I'm sorry to hear the news about your good friend. Sorry to hear. Sorry to hear the news. Let's look at more examples of this kind of English. The next examples are more like opinions, not reactions. Some possible words we could use are impossible, difficult, easy, safe, expensive, cheap. The subject of these sentences is sometimes it. Right now, it's impossible to go there by bus. Impossible to go there. Okay, some more examples. You'll see that there are two ways, two different ways to say many of these sentences. That economics class is difficult to pass. Difficult to pass. It's difficult to pass that economics class. Difficult to pass. 
The water over there is safe to drink. Safe to drink. It's safe to drink the water over there. Safe to drink. She said that it's expensive to live in Tokyo. Expensive to live. The new digital cameras are very easy to use. Easy to use. It's easy to use the new digital cameras. Easy to use. Hey, guess what? Yes, 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 it's practice time. Oh, no. Oh, yes. Say these out loud. This is your English practice time. Use it or lose it. Use it or lose it. Your English practice time. Okay, repeat these sentences. I'm listening to you. She was surprised to get a letter from the president. Surprised to get a letter. Was he excited to get the job offer? Excited to get the job offer. They'll be interested to know the details of the new music program. Interested to know the details. He wasn't very happy to see me yesterday. Happy to see me. I'm sorry to hear the news about your good friend. Sorry to hear the news. Right now, it's impossible to go there by bus. Impossible to go there. That economics class is difficult to pass. Difficult to pass. It's difficult to pass that economics class. Difficult to pass. You could say also it's difficult to pass that economics examination. That's possible too. The water over there is safe to drink. Safe to drink. It's safe to drink the water over there. Safe to drink. She said that it's expensive to live in Tokyo. Expensive to live in Tokyo. The new digital cameras are very easy to use. Easy to use.
It's easy to use the new digital cameras. Easy to use. All right, good job with those、uh, with that language. You are listening to, and I hope learning from the English Teacher John Show. Hey, what is that flying so low? Oh no! Watch out! Here comes today's idiom. Our idiom for today is heading, heading to, heading home, heading off. These words are all used to mean going. Yeah, it's that simple. It's just a more casual and idiomatic way to say that you're going somewhere. Let's look at some examples. I'm heading to Sydney in March. It means I'm going to Sydney in March. Did you hear that she's heading off to Brazil on Monday? Where are you headed? Where are you heading? So headed or heading, both are possible. Where are you headed? Ah, I'm headed over to my brother's house. Where are you heading? Ah, I'm heading to、um, Steve's Steve's place. Sorry, I can't help you. I'm heading in the opposite direction. It means I'm going the other way. I'm going in the opposite direction. I'm not going your way. Sorry, I can't help you. I'm heading in the opposite direction. Where's Chris going? I think he's heading home. I think he's heading home. It just means he's going home. It's just a more casual and idiomatic way to say it. All right. Well, here's a little American slang for you. Sometimes, when we're ready to leave a party or other event, we Americans say. I'm out of here. I'm out of here. Or I am out of here. So you can spell that O U T T A. Outa, out of here. Yes, it should be I am out of here. But in American slang, we say. I'm out of here. She's out of here. They're out of here. Okay, for our idiom today, heading out is also possible, and it's similar to heading or heading to. 
We are heading out to Los Angeles on Thursday for the big conference. Heading out. Off to is another way to say that you're going somewhere or that you left for somewhere. Off to, O-F-F, space, T-O. Example, where are you off to? This means, where are you going? I'm off to work. Where are you off to? I'm off to work. He's off to Madrid on Saturday. It means he's going to Madrid on Saturday. I'm off to the supermarket. Do you need anything? I'm off to the supermarket. Do you need anything? Well, maybe you're a little bit tired of hearing English teacher John's voice today. So I think we will wrap it up. Uh, That's enough for our idioms today. And I'm out of here. The following interview was taped last week, and we taped it at uh, Tully's Coffee Shop, uh, Tully's Cafe. And uh, once again, I apologize. It's uh, very noisy in the cafe, and you can hear a lot of activity and the background music. Um, But I just thought the interview might be interesting. So I apologize for the sound quality. Please try to bear with it and uh, see if you can understand what Elmar is talking about and... uh, about his his life and his country. Thanks for putting up with the poor sound quality. Well, today is Sunday, January 22nd, 2005, and we are right in the middle of Matsumoto at Tully's Coffee Shop, right in the middle of town. We had a, a beautiful day. It started as a beautiful day, sunny and clear, nice winter morning. And uh, now it's moved to a little bit cloudy. It's gotten a little cooler. And we are lucky enough to be sitting here with uh, my friend uh, Elmar, as well as uh, my wife Tomoko. Say hello, Tomoko. Hello. That's Tomoko. And uh, welcome, Elmar. Hello. Hello. How are you? Thanks, fine. Um, Could could you tell us a little bit about yourself, where you're from, um, and uh, yeah, what you do? Well, right now I'm uh, teaching German classes in Matsumoto. And uh, I'm uh, from Austria. Yeah. I'm from Austria and Europe and uh, came to Japan about two years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, started teaching German in uh, Hokkaido, Sapporo. And moved here last October. Mm. Moved to Matsumoto. Moved to Matsumoto. And you are from Austria. So what? Uh, tell us, uh, where in Austria are you from? I am from a, a city called Graz. Graz is uh, in the very south of Austria and about about the size of Matsumoto. And uh, oh, really? Yeah. So we are we have about two hundred thousand people in Matsumoto. Yeah. Graz is about the same. It's the same size. Yeah. 
And are you close to the sea or uh, in the mountains or in the flats? Uh, tell us a little bit about where you're from. Well, the environment is... Um, um, most people would expect Austrians to live in the middle of mountains, but uh, Graz is actually in the flat part of Austria. So, just little mountains. And uh, the sea is far away. I mean, in European terms, it's far away, mm. which means it takes three or four hours to get to the uh, Adria Sea. Ah, and, uh, so, does Austria have any borders with the ocean? Any, any no, sea no, no. at all? Not, not at all. No. no. What, what countries is Austria near? Well, uh, if you want to go to the sea, you have to cross Slovenia and Croatia, mm. or you go to Italy. So these are the countries to the south, and uh, on the west side you got uh, Switzerland and uh, Liechtenstein, and to the north is uh, Germany, Slovakia, Czechia. Mm. And Elmar, what's your uh, native language? My native language is German. And you also speak very good English, and uh, wh uh, what else? Uh, can you speak any other languages? I can speak uh, French and... Uh, a very little bit of Japanese hey. in the meantime. Very good. So uh, let's talk about your Japan experience. What brought you to Japan? Well, two years, two and a half years ago, my wife got a, a teaching job at uh, Hokkaido University, and uh, well, we decided both to move to move here. And I, I, yeah, after. A couple of months, I, I found uh, teaching jobs too here, and uh, so it went on like this. And uh, where did you live when you first got to Japan? It was Sapporo. In Sapporo. Yeah. And where is Sapporo relative to uh, Tokyo or other places that people might know? Mm, Sapporo is uh, very much to the north. It's in the, on the in the middle. Oh no, no, not in the middle. It's in the, the east. In the east, yeah, in the east of Hokkaido, the, the northern island of Japan, which these islands. And um, is it in the east or the west? Sorry, in the west. Isn't it in the right? It's yeah. It's hard to say from which perspective you you look at it <laughs> because yeah, mostly Japan is is a. Uh, you're standing in the North Pole, looking down. Then yeah, it's, for example, it's off to the right. So. <laughs> <laughs> so, so. Yep. Or if you if you take one of these maps that show Japan from west to east. Ah, right, I got gotcha. you. So. Okay. What were your favorite things to do in Hokkaido? In Hokkaido, eating soup curry. Oh, soup curry. Soup curry. Oh, I never heard of soup curry. What what is soup Japanese soup curry? What is Japanese, it? I think the origin is uh, originally is from India. This mm. kind of. Food. And they, they changed the name from curry soup to soup curry because it's, it seems to be a speciality from Hokkaido. I never encountered something like this anywhere else in Japan. Oh, and what's the Japanese name for soup curry? It is soup curry. Soup curry. Well, here in Matsumoto, I, I've never heard that term. Yeah, and I didn't find any, any restaurant offering soup curry. Mm. But that's the most... That's my favorite food in Hokkaido. Mm. And how about here in Matsumoto? Uh, you've been here since October, you said. Mm. What, what do you like about uh, Matsumoto? 
first of all, it's uh, um, a lot of nature around. It takes you just a couple of minutes to be in the middle of uh, mountains and hills and nature. And so it's a, a lot of sports and outdoor activity you can do here. So this is what I like very much. Great. Uh, and uh, how back in Austria, first of all, um, what's Austria famous for? Do we know any famous Austrians or famous Austrian food? What, uh, what can you tell us a couple of things that are Austrian people or things or food? Especially, uh, yeah, it's in, in sports, I think Austria is very famous for skiing. Mm -hmm. And uh, a lot of people know skiers like uh, uh, ski, like Hermann Mayer, for example. Uh, yeah, lots, lots of others who was, who were uh, famous for this sport. And, uh, and we have uh, we have the Olympics coming up, so uh, the Austrians have a chance to show us their skiing talents. They will, they will. I'm pretty sure they will. It's mm. the only sport Austria is famous for, I guess. <laughs> Uh, although most people play football, it's or soccer is uh, in, in mm -hmm. American English. Uh, yeah, you wouldn't you wouldn't expect how weak the the Austrian soccer team is. <laughs> and what so uh, skiing and soccer? How about other things? Austrian people or food? Uh, what uh, what are some things we should know about Austria? Well, when it comes to food, it's Austria is famous for its coffee culture, coffee houses, so I would really recommend people who are uh, visiting Austria to take their time and uh, search and uh, check out coffee houses, eat sweets, there sweet, uh, sweet things, cakes for example, together with a good cup of coffee, mm. that's, that's what most people like and I like about Austria. It's a very laid-back uh, mm. atmosphere. There. Very laid-back. Very laid-back. Mm. Never in a hurry. Austrians are always late for everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, here in Japan it's not so common to be late for things, other than uh, my students at the university. They're always late, <laughs> but uh, businessmen and uh, adults usually are not late for things here. Yeah, I had to, I had to get used to that. <laughs> Mm. Being punctual. And, and you have a, Austria has a pretty good history of uh, music, especially classical music. Yeah, that's, that's, that's for sure. You've got a lot of, of composers being known all over the world. So mm. I think most, yeah, Austria is uh, mostly known for, for Mozart, for Schubert, Haydn. Those. No, mm. Haydn was German, I think. But all of them were in Vienna, so in the 18th, 17th century, it was a, uh, even in the 19th century, you've got Vienna as the center of, of musical uh, cities all over the world. It's nice. Yeah, I was there uh, about uh, 12 years ago, and the Mozart chocolates and Mozart, Mozart everywhere, Salzburg mm. and uh, Vienna and other places. Yeah, especially when you go to, to Salzburg, they're yeah. really trying to sell it. Yeah, it's just uh, great. I loved it there. Um, tell us about... Uh, uh, Austrians speak pretty good English, the Austrians I've met. How, is, uh, how do people learn English in Austria? For, for example, why do you speak such good English? Hmm. I think I, I 
um, I learned I learned English like in, in a lot of other countries from uh, six years, seven years on. So in school, it's when like you were age six or seven. Six or seven, yeah, yeah. Oh. It's very, very tiny, little. Oh, very little uh, uh, English lessons where you learn a few vocabulary, you listen a little to to English conversation and stuff like that. So you you start very early with that, and then in school, it's um, from about ten or eleven years, it starts to uh, become a really serious subject. People. People have to do a lot to, to, to improve their English in school. It's a very important subject. Are, are there are they generally Austrians who are teaching the English classes, or are they native speakers? Generally, they're Austrians. Generally, they're Austrians. But uh, it, I think the the Austrian English teachers have a pretty high level. Most of them lived a couple of years in English speaking countries, and you can hear that when when, when they talk. Don't have that much uh, accent, and um, yeah, I think this is uh, mostly responsible for most Austrians speaking pretty good English. Mm. So, if uh, walking around uh, in Graz, uh, if I went to some coffee shops, uh, would I be able to have a English conversations with people? Could you, could I? Would most people be able to have a simple conversation in English? I guess so, a simple one, yeah. Although it's it's possibly, it may happen, people are surprised. It's something different if you learn English in school or if somebody on the street just starts to talk to you in English. This was, uh, when I came to, to uh, Japan, I, I met a lot of English-speaking people and I had to get used to this daily, everyday English conversation too. So it seems... It's it's a step, it's a step you have to take from your English you learned in school, where you fill out blanks and where you write articles, and then where you, when you actually have to to act in English, think in English, think in English, act yeah. in English, communicate in English. Yeah, that's what you what you learn in contact with English speaking people. It's no other way. Yeah, that's interesting. You say that you seem so comfortable with English. Mm. To, to say that you need to give it a little extra effort. Mm. Your English seems very natural to me. Oh, thanks. thanks. Uh, so, so your your native language is German, mm. um, and uh, is the German in Austria the same or similar to the German in Germany? It's fairly the same. It, the big thing is, and uh, the big thing is uh, the. the the Austrians can talk if they want in a in a rough dialect to understand for for others. And uh, but I think the Austrians are aware of of these standard forms, standard German. So, for example, in uh, TV, in radio, in school, everywhere there is spoken a standard German. In your family, you talk, of course, in your dialect and. These dialect versions may be, may be, yeah, a lot different to what you consider as uh, what you consider as a standard German. So a regional dialect of Austrian German could be a, could be a fair amount different from standard yeah. or high German. 
for a proper journey. Definitely, yeah, definitely. Could you um, uh, let's try, could you tell us? Um, could you give us a greeting or hello in German? <laughs> a greeting. A greeting in German would be Grüß Gott, which everybody knows the German version Guten Tag, but in Austria we say Grüß Gott. And how about uh, what time is it? Wie spät ist es? But let me think about a German word, uh, about an Austrian version. Uh, it's it's not that much different. In, in standard German, we would say, "Wie spät ist es?" Wie spät ist es? In Austrian German, "Wie spät ist es?" And how about thank you? Thank you. Uh, it's it's complicated switching English German English German. <laughs> really, I have to think about it. I believe it. <laughs> your your best thank you in Austrian German. My best. Oh, I was going to say Dankeschön. Would I be wrong? Dankeschön would be very close. <laughs> yeah, very close. <laughs> well, Elmar, it's been great to talk with you here at Tully's Coffee Shop in the middle of Matsumoto. Thank you very much. Uh, Dankeschön. Okay, thank you. Dankeschön. Okay. Well, are you tired yet? Uh, maybe bored? <laughs> Maybe uh, it's been a, a long show for you, uh, quite long today, but uh, thanks for listening, and don't forget to practice your writing on our My English blog. This blog and the podcast and our Frapper Map and more at EnglishTeacherJohn.com. Finally, I'm out of here. See you next week. <laughs>